0: Okay, mana recordings, this is module 7, module 7.3, Developing the Spirit of a Winner, and this one is on Committed to Abundance. Now last week we were talking about uh, having a vision for what we can see, what we we have, not what we don't have, yes? Mm -hmm. And so this becomes very important to us that we can see the good in life. That we focus on the beautiful and not the ugly. The things that are there and not the things that are not. Because God says he's going to bless us out of what we have. Not out of what we don't have. And so we need to understand that principle. Um, I've just started reading a book. Which is by a woman called Edith Eager. Entitled The Choice. Embrace the impossible. And this lady is a Jewish lady. And uh, she is... uh, getting on, she's been in her 80s now, and she uh, lectures around the place and runs uh, seminars and things like that on just what we've been talking about, on embracing the possible, on seeing what is there, and she's helped many, many people uh, through life, but she was, um, her and her sister survived uh, in Auschwitz and Birkenau for three years, just on three years. And they were in there. It's quite a harrowing story, but out of it, they they survived that just horrific uh, time. And out of her experience, she learned that you you know you can you can overcome the most difficult things. And she's come out of it without bitterness, and mm. she's uh, learned a whole lot of these principles. But this was one of them about uh, focusing on what she had. And uh, last <coughs> night I, I, I read the 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 part in, in the story, and um, she was there with her sister Magda and her mother. They were taken with a whole lot of Jews and in the cattle you know, trucks and, and lined up and arrived in, in Auschwitz, and uh, they were all lined up thousands of them, um, all these people, and uh, they, the, the mother was between the two girls. One was, uh, she was 18 and her, and her sister was 20. And uh, when the guards came, they separated the older people and the children into one line and left these others. So the mother was torn from between them and put in a different line. And uh, so they're there. And, and it's, a, it's a harrowing thing, but then they, they had to have showers. And so they were, this time they had their shower and then they shaved all their heads of their, of their hair all these women, uh, several thousand of them. And they're standing, and they've been standing outside for about three hours, uh, and naked. The guards are standing there, and and, and they've got their uh, no hair, and uh, they don't know what's happening. And they see the other line with the older people and the children uh, led away. Uh, So this is them. They've had their heads shaved. The guards are looking at them and mocking them. They've been standing outside like this for hours. Then the two girls are told by the guards that the smoke coming out of the chimney over there is their mother burning in the fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're standing there in this condition and they are just bereft and Mm -hmm. suffering incredible loss Mm -hmm. like you and I hope we never face that sort of situation. Um, Magda, which was uh, Edith's sister, was a child prodigy as a pianist. At six, she could play the concertos and everything, and now she's a concert pianist, and she was very fashionable. And here she is, standing in this condition, and she's holding all her, hair. she had long hair, and she's holding all her hair in her hands, and she's just standing there in this queue, and the guards are just laughing at them and, 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 and whatever. And uh, so here she is. And she turns to Edith and she says, how do I look? How do I look? And she says, tell me honestly, Edith, how do I look? And Edith writes in her book, she said, this is the first time I see that we have a choice to pay attention to what we have lost or to pay attention to what we still have. So she said to Magda, your eyes, they are so beautiful. I never noticed them when they were covered up with all that hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can say a whole lot of things at a time like this, but she looks and finds something beautiful in a sister Mm -hmm. and tells her that. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah? And you know... This is what we need to be able to do for people. We need to be able to see the beautiful, the good in them. It's so easy and we're so all prone to finding the negative and seeing what's wrong with each other, but Jesus looks at us and looks for the good in us, doesn't he? And so, you know, she has has become a great woman and is helping thousands of people just with her story and... uh, how she's learned to look for the good in every situation in life and to focus on that, not focus on what she doesn't have. All right, we're going to read a couple of scriptures. We're talking tonight about committed to abundance. And this is a very, very important principle for for you and I. As we grow in our Christian faith, we need to learn to look uh, and expect uh, overflow in our lives. And to minister out of overflow, not out of need. Uh, so we're going to go to Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 to 11. And we're going to read a few scriptures to start with tonight. And um, <clears throat> so uh, when we're talking about abundance, people immediately think of money and richness. They think of money, but life is more than money. Richness is more than money. Abundance in our life, we can be, we can, we can have little money, but be rich, can't we? You know, and and, and so on. Although, uh, okay. So Paul writes this, verse 6, 2 Corinthians nine. Remember this: Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying (coughs) the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. God blesses us so that we can be generous on every occasion. That we can be, have, have an overflow from our life. That we're not having to drag up from the bottom of our soul to see something good in somebody else. That we don't have to drag from the, from the depths of our hearts to, to be uh, generous in our speech to other people. To be generous in our giving of our love and to show mercy. To be, to be rich in these sorts of things, in our serving heart. That we don't have to sort of take a double check before we have an abundance of service to offer. And, and, and so God says, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to increase your store of seed. I'm going to build your storehouse so that you can be generous on every occasion. So that you have something to give. You can have, you've got something to give. Something to share, yes? Yes. So these things are important to us. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 14, we read this. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need, then there will be equality. Mm -hmm. This is the body. This is the body of Christ. This is brothers and sisters. This is sharing our lives together. So that when I have plenty... Of love, you know, and we go through different seasons in our life where we have plenty in some areas of our lives, perhaps not so much in others. But what we have and what God has stored in our lives, we are able to overflow and be generous towards other people. Hallelujah. That we have an automatic overflow of life. And then when we're in need, someone else has that overflow. You know, and we're able to receive again. And build our storehouse again. And so that's how the body works. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? So that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, again. Again. We're not talking about money, but it's okay to talk about money. But we're talking about richness in life. Hallelujah. There's some people that haven't got any, any money, but they're rich in life. They've got a generous heart and a generous spirit. And so this is what we're talking about. We are committed to an abundance. Luke 6, Jesus talking. Chapter 16 and verse 11. These are, these are good scriptures to meditate on. <coughs> So, Jesus says, If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Well, that's worth a sermon. (laughs) (laughs) God blesses us with our finances. There's not one of us um, that, you know, that we're absolutely poverty stricken and haven't got a dollar. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we went into other countries... We would be rich. I remember when I moved up into the north, and I was—I went to do some relief teaching at um, Taipa Area School. And after I'd been in this and teaching in the senior cl- science classes and that, these kids said to me, "Gee, sir, you must be rich." I said, "Yes, I said I am, as a matter of fact." He says, boy, is that what's real gold? I said, I think so, but it keeps rubbing off all the time. And they said, man, you got a great car. I had a Mitsubishi Super Saloon at that point, which was about, I don't know, 10 years old, but they thought it was brilliant. And, 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 and you know, oh, do you live in that house? That overlooks uh, Cooper's Beach. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, oh man, that's the best house in the street." It was a little two-bedroom place, but it looked great. (laughs) And but see, compared with there, I'd come from Auckland. I was rich. I was rich, and we are rich. Hallelujah! And and but God expects us, and how we, uh, you know, it's we. uh, we, I'll talk again. I'll talk about finances and and how Kingdom finances next year. But, you know, Jesus teaches us that actually how we handle our money has a whole lot to do with how we will handle the true riches. You say, well, what are the true riches? Well, for me, I've thought about this a lot. The true riches, I believe, are twofold. One, I believe they're people. God loves people. The true riches of the kingdom of heaven are people. And second, I believe it's the presence of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. are the true riches. The power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And how we handle our money will determine, and the whole churches are like this, what we do with our finances and what we do, you know, if we just keep spending everything on ourselves, then will God tr- trust us with the true riches? Have a think about it. We don't have time to discuss it here. Okay, going on in the notes. God is a generous God. He desires to bless us, then our plenty will supply the lack found in others. If all you are believing for is sufficient for your table, then who are you thinking about? Please, God, meet all my needs. My table, my ministry, my business, my church. We too often settle for survival faith instead of pressing through for overcoming or overflowing faith. And we'll talk about that in our faith session next week. We have faith for just enough to get by, which, if we're not careful, can be selfish indulgence. If all I'm thinking about is me, then it gives me the choice to settle down and to survive, to quit and just to go for the easy life and just believe God for the minimum. Just so I can get by, Lord, will be fine by me. And God says, wait a minute. I've created you to be part of the answer to other people. I've created. You've got faith. You need to believe for an overflow in your life. It's I've got enough faith. And we'll talk about this next week. But maybe I've got enough faith. Man, I've just got, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm hanging in there. That's not good enough. I need to more than just be hanging in there, don't I? If I'm going to be any use to anybody else, I need to be blessed by the Lord. Hallelujah. So I can be generous and have an overflow coming out of my life. And and if I'm going to believe God to survive and just have enough for me, I might as well ask him for more so that I've got more to share, so I've got something to share with you. We've been talking in church the other Sunday. I talked about Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Yes? If you haven't heard that message, you need to grab it uh, on, on on the uh, cloud of mana sermons there. Genesis 49, 22. Being fruitful means we have enough for others, branches that climb over a wall. That fruitfulness is sustained by being near a spring of water. So... Uh, so the branch goes over the wall and pe- other people can feed off that branch. It's not just for my little family. It's not just for Sophie and me. That I can pray, get blessed and say, oh, we're going to hang on to this. We're just going to be blessed and blow everybody else. No, I'm not going. I'm not going to spend my time with anybody else. I'm just going to, we're just, you know. But, but that's, you know, we, we need to have more than that and believe for more than that. Uh Corinthians nine eight. God always gives us sufficient for ourselves to meet our needs, but on top of that, He desires to release an abundance. And He says, for every good work, that Scripture. Uh, I'll get it again. It Says for every good work, Second Corinthians nine and verse eight. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Can you see what? It, see the the. the Principle here. Can we have an outward focus? Can we think of more than just ourselves? Can we begin to think about opportunities of being a blessing to others? You know, as the desire, as this desire increases, God will delight in giving you the desires of your heart. You see, Psalm thirty-seven four and five. As we commit our way to the Lord, trust and also in Him, He will do this. See, He's got to change our desires. We've got, it's got to change our faith levels to trust him, not just to get by. I remember the old pastor in the church I was in in Wellington when I was a kid. He said, I'm just going to, he was an English guy. He said, I, I've, he said, if I'm the only one here, I'll still get up and preach on Sunday morning. Well, what a stupid thing that is. <laughs> I mean, and he thought it was great that he was going to hang on even if there was nobody there. And that's commendable. But that's not the God I serve. God's will was that he should pack that church to capacity. That he needed to have the faith to push through and break through the barriers and believe God for souls to be saved and the church to be filled with praising people. Hallelujah. Not just hanging in there to survive. And we've got to get rid of that sort of uh, thinking if we're going to go to the next level in the Lord. Commit to abundance. This is a great key to winning In life. You listen to the heart of the Lord here in this psalm. Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Verse 9. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water. To provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty. And your carts overflow with abundance. Yes? Yes. Hallelujah. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. The valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy. And sing. you see, this is what God wants to do for us. Psalm 68 it goes on. verse nine. he says, "You give you gave not just showers, abundant showers, O oh God, you refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it, and from your bounty, O oh God, you provided for the poor. And you know, God is like this. God is a God of overflow. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, he, 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 he provides for us. And he said, you anoint my head with oil. Yes, my cup, what? My cup overflows. overflows. Yeah, that's God's will for you. That you have a cup of blessing that overflows, that can refresh others. That God has an abundance uh, uh, for us, and so we need to enter into that. Ephesians three, verse twenty. Anyone can quote it. No. no. He, he's able to do That's the one. Oh yes. Now to him who is able. Now unto him who is able to do what immeasurably more. And all we ask or even imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, who to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. You know, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above, is the old authorised version, all that we can even ask or think. And we need to catch up with a God like this. We need to begin to walk with him into these sorts of areas if we're going to develop the spirit of a winner. John 10.10, the thief comes to what? Steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it more, more abundantly. In other words, Jesus has come not just to give us a trickle of life, not just to have a little rivulet running through the bottom of the valley, but he talks about streams, he talks about rivers. The amplified Bible of that verse says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows hallelujah if i 'm going to believe God for anything that 's the realm I want to live in that 's what i 'm believing for, not just just a well, well i 'm just uh, man i 'm getting through life and I, man i 'm dying of starvation and i 've got you know i 've got no water in my life that the rivers of living water aren't rivers in me. Man, if they're a trickle, that's just enough for me to get by. No, that's not the life Jesus came to bring to us. We go through seasons like that, but we can't live there. Otherwise, we'll never be the blessing that God's created us to be, as sons and daughters of his. John 7, verse 39, again out of the Amplified Bible, out of his innermost being, springs and rivers of living water shall flow continuously. Wow, that's the present continuous tense. In other words, this river just doesn't have a, have a burst one day and then peters out. But we, God has ordered and has for us and we need to see the possibility of rivers and streams that flow continuously out of our... People need us to be like that. People need us to be like that. God is a good God. Page 2. He loves to bless his children. I've met people who have been thinking that it is wrong to ask God to bless them. They think that to be a Christian is always to take the low road and be poor. Too often, spirituality is linked to poverty in people's thinking. That comes out of the past. The monks and the nuns and all that stream of people take a vow of poverty and they think that's spiritual. That's not spiritual, that's stupidity. (laughs) okay that, that's fine if that's what they want to take that's okay that, that, that's fine but that's not where God wants us to live as a child I was brought up that Christians should not have flash cars or flash clothes or flash houses or flash anything at the same time the over extravagant lifestyle of some of the churches is not a good testimony of Jesus either however to be blessed by God is Bible yes, yes. to be blessed body soul and spirit Hallelujah. God is for the whole person. Yes. And the blessing of God. So we go to Galatians. You say, is this what God wants for us? Yes. Emphatically, yes. Galatians 3 and verse 13 and verse 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. He paid for us. He's redeemed us from the curse. Curse of the Lord. By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed as everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that. Why did Christ redeem you? Why did he pay the price? Why did he buy you out of the slave markets of sin and pay the price and set you free and adopt you into his family? He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You say, well, how was Abraham blessed? I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Genesis 24 and verse 1 tells us how he was blessed. It says here, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in what? In every way. In every way. said the Lord. He was an old man by now, and it just says the Lord had blessed him in every way. Why did Christ redeem us? So that the blessings of Abraham might become ours. So not only might we enter into redemption by faith, but he was blessed in every way. Hallelujah. And I expect, as a son of the living God, to be blessed in every way. That's my expectation, to trust him for the blessing of God, body, soul, and spirit. Yes? So, we need to enter into it. What does it mean to be blessed by God? You say, well, I, you know, if God was handing out, if God says, righto, Sunday morning, everybody that comes to church is going to be blessed. All you have to do is stand to your feet and God is going to bless you. What would you do? No, I'm not sure. Well, I want to stand up. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm blessed enough, really. And, um, and, and, and it probably would tell me that you're really not thinking about anybody else. You're just settled into what you have and what you want. But, friends, for the sake of the unsaved and for the sake of the needy that are struggling in their life, you and I need to carry the blessing of God. Mm. Hallelujah. And take every opportunity to walk into that blessing and to have faith for it. Here's what it means to be blessed. So what, what does this look like? This is what it looks like. Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above nations on the earth, All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant That the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. That's not a bad blessing to have. We've all got enemies trying to put us down. God says, you you follow me, I'll bless you. The enemy might come at you for once, but by goodness, you'll send them scattering. The the Lord will send a blessing on your barns, on your business. And on everything you put your hand to, that's not a bad thing to be blessed. Everything you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. Wherever you put your feet down, the God's going to bless us. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord, you're going to walk in his ways. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. And the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and crops of your ground, and the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. That's the truth of the matter, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Who wants to be at the tail being wagged by everybody else? Mm -hmm. All the time. Some of us live our whole life like that. Everyone else is making us wag to their tune. But God says no wait a minute I made you to be the head not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you the stain carefully follow them you'll always be at the top and never at the bottom I discovered in sport that it's better to be on the top of the scrum than at the bottom of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every time it is a harsh thing to be at the bottom of a scrum especially in days gone by where rucking was, was allowed but hey you and I uh, blessed to be on the top and not at the bottom. Hallelujah. Never turn aside, do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. And so the blessing of God is comprehensive. In our lives, and 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 God, God, you what do you think? Is you're a son of the living God. What do you think? Well, I'm not gonna bless you, blow you. I'm not gonna do it. I don't, I don't even you know, no, nah. you're gonna struggle all the days of you no wait a minute Lord I'm your son come on we need to walk into this we need to have faith to walk into the good things of God why we should not hesitate to believe and receive the blessing of God there's three things why you and I need to be blessed number one for our needs and sense of well-being and function if I'm well and functioning and my soul is in good condition my spirit is alive Hallelujah, that is a good way to live, you will agree. Yes? Well, if you don't like it, you help yourself. But that's what I think is good. Number two, God will bless us to be a blessing to this generation. It is difficult to bless others if we ourselves are in the pit of despair. If your cup is nearly empty, it is difficult to overflow to others. And again, we go through this. I've been at times where I've had nothing to give. I have been emptied out. Hallelujah. My stupid fault, but that's how I was. I, I couldn't have been a blessing to many other people at that time. But hallelujah, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to allow God to fill me up again. Bless, come into that place of blessing and of faith again. If God wants to bless someone, he most often blesses someone else and gets them to pass it on. Pastor Ruth talked about the far out moment where she, that kid at the supermarket... And she went to the, to, the, um, to, to the money machine and took out some money and gave it to this, this fella and says, there you are, this is for you. And this guy says, far out. <laughs> and we are, you know, God has destined us to give other people far out moments. Yes? Hallelujah. That because of our generosity, I can be a blessing to someone else. Amen. Yeah, that's how it is. Uh, God's dealing in our life never ends with us. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. At Whatever level that is. Abraham was blessed. He said, I'm going to bless you that you might be a blessing. Genesis 12, to 3. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. So if, if, if you're blessed, then the people around you will be blessed. Yes? If, you, if you, you just are getting bought, then it's difficult for you to be part of their answer. And number three, we are blessed to bless the coming generation. If, my, if I am blessed, my children will be blessed, yes? yes? If I win, if I become an overcomer, if I become a winner in this life, my children will walk in that blessing, you see? My great grandfather walked into a gospel meeting at the Opera House in Wellington and was wonderfully saved. My grandchildren, six generations later, are still reaping the blessing of his decision. And through the family that comes through that family, especially through mum's side of the my mother's side of the family, from that great grandfather, her, her grandfather, uh, then there's you know there's been lines of missionaries that have blessed thousands of people, that have gone out and, and spent 50 years on the mission field. And, and, and the work is still going on today. And, and the children. And so, you know, it's like that. Psalm 67. Better read that. I love this. Psalm 67. Where is it? Are you all right? Are you hanging in there? Mm-hmm. Verse 1 and 2 May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. You say, Why? That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Yes, God wants to bless you so that others will come into that blessing. Verse 5 May the peoples praise you, O God, may all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest. And God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. See, we carry the blessing of God so that other people can be blessed. Why would God bless me? Well, he would. He just likes to bless us. But that's not what it's about. That's only step one. God blesses you and God blesses me so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. With everything that God gives you, find somehow to pass it on. Look for opportunities to be generous on every in your heart, in your serving, in your speech, with your money, whatever it is. Be you know, look for opportunities to pass it on, and uh, you uh, God will fill your cup up again. That's for sure. Now, how am I going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Right, greatness in the kingdom of God, Matthew twenty and twenty-five. Now. Let me just unravel this for you. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Yes? Now, for years, when I read that, the message I got was that I just need to be a servant. And that is a good thing. And so that's what I got out of that message. And that is certainly one thing that Jesus was trying to get across. The other thing that he points out, he's pointing out the pathway to greatness. He's saying if you want to be great, that is a good thing. The pathway to greatness is servanthood. That's why everybody can be great in the kingdom of God. It doesn't depend upon talent. It depends upon a heart of service. But God's purpose is that you become great in the kingdom of God. God is looking for greatness. We say, well, we need to be humble. I've heard this so many times. Mm-hmm. Trouble is that what we think being humble turns out to be 20% hum and 80% bull. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we put such an emphasis Oh, I've got to be, the Christian's got to be humble. You know, we're all why differently. But Jesus is talking about being great in the kingdom of God. He says, one Peter, Peter talks about, it, he says, humble yourselves therefore under God, God's mind. That's as far as I ever used to get in that verse. That's, and I used to think, Lord, oh yes, oh, I must humble myself. You know, I must be all this. Why? That he may lift you up. Or exalt you in due time. God's purpose is to lift you to another level. Sure, we need to humble ourselves and not to be proud. But the purpose of God is to take you and I to new levels. Hallelujah. Year after year after year. Until we begin to function in a place of authority in our personal lives. In the lives of our family. In the lives of those we're trying to help. So that we have we can walk in authority in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And, and the pathway to that is servanthood. We learn how to serve. We learn how to, 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 to be looking out for others. So, and, But God says that is the pathway. You know, Jesus humbled himself to the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him. What was the purpose? God wanted to exalt Jesus high above all. Yes. And so the pathway was that. But a lot of Christians, they, they get the humble bit. But they don't press through to the next level of faith to to keep rising in faith. Now, I'm going to talk about this. Your faith potential is unlimited to keep going to new levels of life. Mm -hmm. Look, the church is full of people who are no further ahead 10 years later than they were 10 years before. Mm -hmm. Because they've got faith just to hang in there. But Lord, help us if that's where we sit. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Whatever it is, wrong concept concepts in our brain about what Jesus had. I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, so that it overflows. He said, "Oh no, I don't know whether that that'll be too proud." <laughs> if I was blessed, no. Come on, we 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 need to get a, a picture. What is the will of God to exalt you or to lift you up to a higher level? God desires you to stand up. And to build you up and to place you in a position of influence. That through his poverty, you might become rich. Rich in life, not just in money, or maybe not even in money. Why would God want you to be rich in life? So you can be generous on every occasion. So you have an overflow to meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm getting there, I think. (laughs) In the church, there is the principle of redemption and lift. Someone gives their life to God and they are born again, cleansed and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. They walk humbly with God, but he lifts them up and they begin to walk in the blessing of God. The next generation, their children, they inherit that blessing. They are lifted to another level in their thinking, in their way of life. Their children are blessed and God lifts them again. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord is to the third and the fourth generation. I can see it in my family. I can see it. my grandchildren are the sixth generation and an old great-grandfather's decision as a 21-year-old uh, all-black rugby player the first in the first team that ever went. He walks into the opera and f- gives his life to Jesus. Within about six months, he's out on the street in Wellington preaching the gospel. And it was, it, it was known that this fellow had gone... Religious, yes, but he prayed for his children. Some of you have heard my story on household salvation of our family, and uh, it's probably beyond the ministry somewhere last year or the year before. But he believed God for his sons, and they all came to the Lord. Wonderful story! And out of that, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And I watch my little grandchildren there, and they are many of them at the moment are already found Jesus hallelujah and going why because of old great grandfather he got ble- the blessing of God and walked in it and it's passed on down the line and I'm standing here now as grandfather and I say to the Lord Tuesday is my day of prayer for my family especially and I say before the Lord Lord remember what you said you said if I would believe on you hallelujah I would be saved and my household so I'm standing here on behalf of my kids my children I present my kids before the Lord and my grandchildren so here they are Lord bless them pour your favour out upon them hallelujah you said that uh, see I remind the Lord see I hold them before the Lord the blessing continues on and not only that but in their natural lives man my parents were my parents didn't have a whole lot of money and uh, but but you know we got we got blessed my brother and i we, I went and got a degree in, a, in university and went teaching and he he was very good at sports so he represented new zealand and in cricket and and played for soccer for he was captain of the New Zealand soccer team and he got blessed and he's blessed today and and, and we are but our kids our kids have gone to another level they have an ability they I went through university with, with, you know, if I got a C, I thought I was brilliant. If I got a C plus man, I was in. One day I got an A. I couldn't believe it. They must have got it wrong. <laughs> but, 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 were, but my kids went through in straight A's. Yeah? See? And, and, and their kids are exceptional. <coughs> exceptional. One of my grandchildren just, God, is went through scholarship in, in uh, Form 4. Scholarship maths, unheard of. Up here, we can't get them through at level 13. He went through in year 10. And you know, the blessing, redemption and lift. If you get saved, your children will be blessed. Their children will be blessed if they follow on. Hallelujah, that's how it is. I want God to bless me so I can be a blessing. I want to be a winner in life so I can help others. God wants your business to succeed. He wants you to do well in your job so you have sufficient. He wants to bless you more so you have more than enough for kingdom purposes. Don't plan to fail. If you're not planning to receive God's blessing, you're planning to fail. People who are failing live increasingly for themselves. They lose sight of possibilities. They begin to lose heart. They shrink down to survival mode. They lose out on God's blessing and abundance. If they miss out, their children miss out. If their children miss out, the grandchildren will miss out. If all we are doing is hanging on and surviving, then others around us are missing out. If we use all our faith just surviving, then we are living below God's expectations. If a church spends all its money on itself just to survive, then it is living below its potential. We need I'm so glad I belong to a generous church. Hallelujah. To a giving church. And, And, you know, I say to you, you know, you and I, we need to continue to stir our faith to believe for God's best and not settle just to get through. He is a God of abundance and you and I need to be committed to the principle of abundance. We need to be developing the spirit of a winner. So we come to the end of this module and we've been talking about principles to help us develop the spirit. We need to finish the work that we start. Don't grow weary and lose heart. Number two, we need to build positive strongholds in our lives. Yes? With positive thoughts, imaginations, and arguments. Third, we need to build an awareness and an acceptance of what we have and not focus on the things we don't have. And number four, we need to be committed to abundance. These are four great principles that will help you and I to develop the spirit of a winner. Yes? So, Lord, we just bow our heads at the end of the session and we just thank you for the principles in the word of God. I pray, Lord, that we'll meditate on them, that we'll chew them over in our hearts, and that, Lord, we will begin to press in and believe you to receive the blessings of God again and again and again, not, Lord, just to consume them on ourselves, but so that we can be generous on any and every occasion from the overflow that you've poured through our lives. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. You redeemed us from the curse, that we might be blessed in every way. Lord, you you, you came to give us life, not just a trickle, but, Lord, life more abundantly. Lord, an overflowing cup. Lord, let this be the ongoing experience as we walk out our lives together in carry, carry in this season of life. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. For those among us who are struggling at this time, Lord, thank you for the struggle. But Lord, take them through that, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name, into a large place. I give you thanks in anticipation of seeing you work miracles of your grace in us and among us. In Jesus' name, amen.